Um, hi, everyone. Thank you for um, joining us here right after lunch uh, for probably most of you. Um, we really appreciate you making the time in the schedule. There's a lot of sessions going on, a lot of things, a lot of booths still. And um, we really appreci appreciate that you find your way in, into Theater F at this time. Um, my name is Sebastian Tietze. I'm uh, with Boimer um, as business development and strategy manager. And I focus most of my time on real-time uh, data analytics. And um, with me presenting today is Terry Brown, our director of sales, uh, also from Boimer. So um, we really wanted to make this time worthwhile today for you. So um, we think we want to speak about a topic that has been a buzzword for quite a few months now. It's been, um, the, you, you hear about IoT and um, all those like blockchain and all the new technologies um, everywhere, but we found that Whenever you try to ask somebody about like how do you actually do it, practically do it, um, there's not a lot of answer, not a lot of um, practical approaches. So we wanted to talk about today about how you can actually gain a competitive advantage by actually implementing real-time data analytics. So our main goal for t today is to go away from the uh, theory of Internet of Things and, and what the potential is and what you can do to what can you practically do when you go back home to your companies, to your facilities, distribution centers or whatever, uh, some steps that you can take immediately uh, when getting back. So let's start with um, the, the big picture before we get into the, the, the steps. Um, and then we'll also have a little outlook later on. So let's look at the, uh, the past couple of years. There are, if, if we look at the top left picture, this is in the 1920s or 30s. Um, you can see there's a lot of manual labor. And um, not only is it manual labor, but it's very focused on agricultural products. So the economy at that time was driven by agriculture. How much um, property you had, how much agri agricultural uh, product you could produce, that would determine your competitive situation within the economy and the economy's value overall. So we call that the agricultural economy, 20s and 30s. So then we look at the center picture, which is about the 60s and 70s, when um, we are starting to see a lot of automation, uh, machinery, heavy industrial machinery. And really, the, um, the, the competitive situation of any company was determined by um, how efficient can I be, how lean can the processes be, um, and how good were my products, like uh, qualitatively. Uh, but, but we're talking about a lot of like physical products, such as, for example, um, like Ford cars, things like this. And then we look at um, the, the last picture here, and that shows us something from the 2000s. Um, in the 2000s, 
we got away from physical products. They were, of course, quality is still important. But in the 2000s, what happened is that it was actually the focus shifted to the service that was provided, the experience that consumers and customers had while um, uh, buying products. So companies like Apple and Google um, really had the best competitive um, uh, position because they had not only good products, but they also had the service accompanying with it. So we call that the service economy. So looking at those last decades, we started with an agricultural economy. We went into a um, industrial economy, industrial um, equipment, and um, then the service economy. So as you notice, there is a trend for dematerialization. And that is a mega trend over the past almost century. Um, well, that's not all. We are actually past the service economy. A lot of us still think that service economy, uh, that, that our competitive situation uh, is, is really driven by the services we provide. And don't get me wrong, that is absolutely uh, still important. Um, but nowadays, we actually find that looking at data and creating knowledge puts us in a better competitive situation. So this, why we're, this is why we're all talking about Facebook and Google collecting all the data about everything and everyone. And that's only the consumer end. On the industrial end, that's the same story. We're trying to create, uh, we're trying to collect data and, and create knowledge. And that is because we are in the so-called knowledge economy. So in this knowledge economy, really our competitive um, advantage is driven by which data do I have available? And more importantly, what do I do with the data? And how can I create knowledge from the data? So that's also how it is relevant for us and, and I think for everyone in the room and everyone in the hall here because we all have a lot of data and, um, and what can we do with it? So maybe by a show of hands, how many of, of uh, your companies are already collecting data in some way? Okay, so that's um, pretty much everyone or uh, the, the uh, majority by far. Um, now the more important question, how many think that you actually utilize the data that is being collected to create knowledge? Okay, quite a few less. So um, I would probably say half of the people here. Um, so what we want to do now and, and in the next couple of minutes, we want to give you a guide for how you can actually practically collect the data and convert the data into knowledge so that you can gain a competitive advantage within your market. Um, and even um, Kofi Annan, the former Secretary General of the um, United Nations, said already, knowledge is power, information is liberating, education is the premise of progress, 
in every society, in every family. And this is also underlining again the megatrend of dematerialization into knowledge and information. So let's look at our companies. Um, in the first step, what do we need to do to start on a practical level? We need to make data available, right? So we said a lot of you are collecting data already. Um, we, it, it's one thing to collect data. It's another thing to actually make it available for analysis. What that means is, um, as an example, with Boimer Group, our uh, sortation systems um, create log files, thousands of log files every hour. Um, so log files is one source. Another one, APIs, automatic processing interfaces. And there might be other ones. That's very specific to your environment, to your facilities. But we need to make, in, in a first step, this data available, we need to be aware of the sources that are available to us and make those available on a mass scale. This is a log file from one of our sorters. Doesn't look very fancy, but sure um, collects a lot of information. So within this log file, you can see information such a timestamp, a location, a component of our sorter or an event that is being logged. But the problem with this log file is that it is not usable. You can, of course, go in there and pull that one piece of information out, but the one piece of information doesn't really provide um, a, a lot of benefit for you. So now we're talking about those thousands of log files. And they're keep, like, they keep uh, being uh, produced, created by the machines. And now we have thousands of log files. What do we do with them? And a lot of companies don't know what to do with them. So what you need to do is find the relevant information in these log files, because not everything is relevant. Some information is just relevant maybe in, in the second when they're created. Other things are very relevant to identify trends or root causes. So you need to be able to point out the information that is relevant for you and organize it in a relational database. So in this example, we have um, several log files that have been analyzed based on um, specific keywords, based on specific information that we're looking for, and we're organizing the data in a very first step, very broadly, in a database, in a table that I can use further down the line. And important is also that these data tables are related to each other. So I have different data tables with different pieces of information that are linked to um, each other by different events, timestamps, et cetera. Then in a third step, now I have insights. Um, I, I can create charts, um, graphs. I can even create dashboards. And again, the important step is that these dashboards and graphs and everything, they're related to each other. So I can find trends. I can even dig deeper, find root causes, et cetera. There are several software systems out there that do that on a mass scale. 
Because remember, the challenge is for most of the activities that we're explaining here, you're, you have to do that on a mass scale. We're talking about thousands of log files. In our case, um, a, a Boimer, we uh, pull log files, for example, every 0.2 seconds. So there's a constant streaming of information. We're talking about gigabytes of data, terabytes of data, right? And then out of those, you can create um, the, the charts that are re uh, related to each other. And then the next and, and most important step is we want to get away from just looking at grass. We, we learned that for a, a lot of uh, people, it's actually very difficult to look at charts, especially when you have tens of charts on a dashboard and you feel like, oh my gosh, what am I even looking at here? So we need to create, out of the insights, we need to create knowledge, which means that um, if we, for example, and, and that's a, a sorter, uh, sortation system related example, if we have uh, an event, like the number of available shoots crosses a threshold, then I can analyze the root cause, which could be that the, the shoots are blocked, and um, get to a takeaway, a learning, some, an actionable uh, takeaway, which means clearing the shoots will help my throughput. So in the next step, we want to take it even a little bit more to a practical level. Um, keep the three steps in mind, collect the data, make them usable and organize the data, create insights, and from the insights, when we can create knowledge. And this is what Terry has prepared in a very practical um, example um, out of the sortation systems world. Okay, now maybe it's a little easier to hear me now. All right, so thank you, Sebastian. So we're gonna take a really simple, at least in our world, a simple example that probably everyone in this room is gonna be able to relate to, a shipping sorter, right? So I've got the need to distribute product across, in this example, well, let's choose a building that has 100 outbound doors. And I've got a sorter that can feed all 100 of these doors. And I've, I know that I must perform at a certain level or a certain throughput or a certain output in order to be effective in what I'm trying to accomplish today or what the building is trying to accomplish. And I set a threshold and if that threshold is, is maintained or exceeded, then we're doing pretty well today and we're gonna have, we're gonna get all our volume out, we're gonna, we're gonna be able to ship every last person's order for the day. If I don't hit that threshold, I'm gonna have to work longer, it's gonna cost me more money, I might miss a service level for a customer and those are all detriments, right? That's something that we don't want to have happen. I will take over, thank you. So uh, in, in this example, I've set this threshold and this threshold is saying that if I don't achieve 85% utilization of my outbound shipping sorter, I've got a problem. And that problem happened today. I, in, the, in the past 10 minutes, I get an alarm and the system, we've set this threshold automatically. It tells me that right now, or for the past 10 minutes, I'm not achieving uh, my output that I want. I, I need to exceed 1,400 cases to be shipped out of the building. I've only uh, achieved roughly 1,200. That's telling me I've, I'm only 76% of my shoots that I'm using. If in this 100-door building, I've got 24 shoots, that nothing's happening. I'm not filling these orders. I'm not getting my output. This is information 
and data that's being reported to us. We take that information and we say, okay, now I can start digging in what's causing this, what is the problem? And the data analytics engine is pulling this information, creating a dashboard, and we've kind of superimposed a, uh, a, a chart or a graph up here. And I can see off to the far right-hand side is I have an alarming situation that I have chutes or destinations or doors that are physically blocked. I am, I'm impeded from putting any product into those destinations. And this is a relational table, again, reverting back to the information is that everything on this chart, if this was a real-time display, I could, I could hover over any one of these bars, click on it, and it's gonna take me to another graph. And it's telling me that at this current period of time, in these, and the, the, the x-axis here is actual the 100 different shoots, I can see I have a spike in that I'm not achieving the, the throughputs and the outputs that I require, and it's telling me that shoots, in this instance, shoots 81, 20, and seven are all blocked because the items were all too large. Somebody put product into the system that physically cannot go. Again, a pretty simple example, but if I alleviate this problem, I put in steps and I put in processes to make sure that we're not inputting items that are too large for the destinations, I start to run again, and I've now created data, I've drawn an insight from it, it's taken me to the knowledge level, and I've now exceeded the capacity, my threshold, remember, was 85% of available shoots. Now I'm maintaining a 94% achievement, which gets me that over that 1,400 cases in this 10-minute window that we're looking at. And this window could be a day, uh, every five minutes. It's, it's all relational. We can set those thresholds to anything that we want. And these are where you can tremendously improve your operations by seeing what is occurring and seeing what is occurring real time. But that is not the end of the story. Right, so what we've looked at um, in the past couple of minutes was really looking at trends of uh, things that happened in the past. And while this can definitely help you to attend to those issues as quickly as possible um, and, and improve for the future, this is only one part of the story. Um, where you want to get to in the end is being able to predict. Predict trends before they happen. Because that will allow you to avoid any issues coming up. So the classic example of um, predictive analysis is maintenance, where you can be more reliable in terms of uh, equipment failures because you can predict uh, when a motor is going down or you can predict when a part has to be replaced. So already with the existing information of a lot of systems that you have out in the facilities, including, say, a, a sorter from Boimer, we have the ability to predict because there's a lot of information. And on top of that, in the future, all those new components will be equipped with a lot more sensors, a lot more data can be extracted. Um, there can be um, heat sensors uh, or vibration or anything else, cameras, etc., that allow you to predict the future. And that will allow you to avoid um, like uh, inefficiencies before they happen or failures in the worst case. 
So what did we go through again? Um, we started talking about collecting data. Um, we've learned in the economy that knowledge is power. Knowledge drives competitive advantage. So we need to be aware that we need to use the data that is available to us in order to gain a competitive advantage. So identify the sources of data that you have. That's the first step. In a second step, we need to make the data usable, whether that is typically a database. There's different software systems out there that do that on a mass scale. You have to be able to do it on a mass scale because looking in the future, it's only going to be more data. And then we can create insights. Once we have the data in an organized manner in a database, we can create charts and we can identify trends and root cause um, analysis. And then we have to create knowledge from it. Because knowing what happened is only the first step. Being able to alleviate it in the future, that's the more important step. Because a lot of us might have an idea of what is going on in the warehouse, and data can absolutely pinpoint um, the, the inefficiencies and the root causes, but we need to be able to translate those insights into knowledge, actionable knowledge, that can take us further. And with that knowledge, we can take it to the next levels, and that's where, we're, where we all are standing today, is the predictive ability. We collect more and more data, we store this data, we can amass the data and share data, and that's a whole other topic of whether you share it with your competitor or you share it in a way that we can draw conclusions and, and insights. But the, the predictability is, is something that we can really, really leverage and improve all of our performance operationally and functionally. And with that predictability, we can then take the final step. And this is where we're, we're also at the very, very uh, beginning of, if you will, is the advisement and prescribing. That we know that something, or we know based on historics, that something likely is going to happen, when it likely is going to happen, and we can react before it ever does happen. And the ability for that is going to save, save a tremendous amount. And this simple example of maintenance, it's, it saves unplanned downtime uh, from an operational, from a labor perspective. I know that historically, over a large amount of time and a large amount of data, that I will need more labor in October this year instead of November, instead of looking for it. And these are the trends and how the system of, uh, in, in the, the mega trend of dematerialization is really, really changing the way we all are doing business. And what it's going to provide for all of us is that ability to, to stay competitive and to be, have that competitive advantage over all of your competition. If you aren't planning on doing this today, you should seriously think about it and look into it. Because if you're not planning on doing it today, your competitor likely is. Yeah. So. Um, we hope that gives you a good starting point to get away from just talking about IoT, talking about all the new technologies, to truly get started. It is as simple as looking at those simple steps. What data is available? How can I use it? Etc. cetera. Um, this is how you get it to a practical level. And that will, we believe uh, strongly, that will give you the competitive advantage. So we're happy to continue the conversation 
You can absolutely email us directly if you're interested. Um, this will, of course, also be recorded and available um, online after the session. Um, we're also happy if you want to uh, visit us at the booth. Uh, we have coffee available um, and, and drinks, lattes, whatever you like. And um, we can also um, provide um, a checklist that we have prepared. If you visit boimergroup.com slash analytics, um, we've prepared for you just a couple uh, of, of starting questions that when you go back to your office and you think about how can I get started with data analytics today, you can go through them. This will help you to just get a thought process and, and get a couple of steps um, on how to get started today. And of course, if there's any questions right now, we are more than happy to dive more into any details. Or we crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your participation. I believe there's a survey if, uh, and, uh, on the, the Modex app, if you would take the, some time and, and fill that out. Uh, we would appreciate that. MHI would appreciate that. And uh, thank you again for all of your time. <laughs>